and they they say leadership is something is not something that you do to people it's something that you do with people welcome to the mint green ukulele podcast more joy and less stress baby oh hell yeah well here's how it works you ask and we answer what is your question around reducing stress increasing productivity or leading effectively without sacrificing joy in your life you can submit your question at mintgreen.show without further ado Let's get it. And in the blue corner, he has over 17 years of experience as a corporate leader and over 14 years as an international coach and trainer. He's a certified coach and has coached hundreds of unique clients all over the world. Ken Carlson! corner she's a certified mindset specialist a productivity and leadership coach she facilitates wellness through comedy and play for your team and she's your host for the show Genevieve Pippen Ken welcome welcome on the Men Green Ukulele podcast thank you Glad to be here. Excited. I am super excited to have you here. And as you know, we're going to get right into it and get to know a little bit more about you with rapid fire questions. Yes. Okay, um, I'm, so, I'm ready. Yes. Open. So what I'm going to do, Ken, is ask you for six numbers, three numbers from one to 15 and three numbers okay. from 16 to 50. And then I'm going to ask you corresponding okay. questions. So tell me. Okay. 15. Um, 12 and three. Okay. And three more and, from 16 to 50. Then, uh, okay. 50 for sure. I gotta do that. 33. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 21. All right. That's perfect. That's, those are the perfect numbers that you needed to pick today, I Ken. I, I know. I yeah. Know. <laughs> All right. Question number one, number 15. Ken, what do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? Sorry. Uh, why do I do what I do? Because I love people and I and I want to, to spread love in the world. And um, I think most people don't know how to, to actually love uh, each other and be with each other. And, uh, and I, I'm trying to learn that too. Um, and when I do what I do, I get to, to make a difference in that, in the world. So that's why. That's beautiful. Um, what do you wish someone told you 20 years ago? Hmm. I wish, <laughs> I wish someone would have told me how good looking I am. Um, so yeah that's a good that's a good answer <laughs> and uh well talking about good looking uh what mm -hmm. are your top two values um authenticity so it would be my number one value yeah uh and joy fun fun yeah. joy so, oh yeah yeah we're so aligned we're so aligned yeah. great um yeah. Second part of, of this is uh, a little a little bit more wacky. So 50. Oh, tell me a story yeah. about friendship. Oh, man. I got so many great stories about friendship. Um, I believe the friendship may be the meaning of life. You know, so um, so I, I've taken friendship very seriously in my life. And, and I one of the things that I love is one of the experiences that I had with friendship is uh, – 
a friend of mine, we met for coffee every Friday for, I think it was 15 years when I lived in Chicago and, uh, and just was like a way to, to like really honor the commitment of being a friend, but also to have a friend, right? It's not because we, I've got friends, you've got friends, I'm sure, but to honor the commitment, it re actually requires that just that, that action and, uh, it's, and you know, being in Poland now and and life being different, I really miss this particular friend, uh, and um, and and that was just an amazing time in my life. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that also friendship as adults is very different. We have to create those opportunities to meet up because mm -hmm. otherwise life just happens. They're like, oh, remember when last time we spoke eighteen months ago? You know, like it just mm -hmm. happens. And uh, I love that of having that routine of just meeting up for a coffee and and then mm -hmm. being each and choosing to be in each other's lives. It's more intentional. Totally. And you know, there's uh, there's something uh, gender around that as well. Um, you know, uh, women tend to have uh, be better at relationships, blah blah blah. Um, but uh, um, the statistics on men having friends is just it's so that's so bad there's a study that was done uh published in the guardian that in the uk only 10 percent of men have a friend besides their significant other only 10 percent of men have a have, have a friend um somebody they could like tell like be a, have a close friend and that to me just like it super saddens me um and there's a, a american statistic around how um, only 50 percent of men would say that they have uh, a good friend um and and uh and the the numbers for women are so much better um like dramatically better um but it, I, I think that's a part of of why men struggle to share their emotions to talk about the things that really matter um is because of just a lack of um a friendship um yeah in their lives so and is there a main cause for that cause i don't know um, meaning that is it is it that again there's that that um the, the habit of not necessarily wanting to share emotions or so that mm -hmm. they just lose those relationships after mm -hmm. you know the, the the after leaving the 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 general context where friends are being made like you know school mm -hmm. or or work yeah i mean i think uh, bill bird does a bunch of skits on this and he does skit about just how like since a early age we're basically taught to not be sensitive at all like um, in any way, shape, or form, and uh, um, and and so like I think it's it's almost like we're taught to to sort of be this rugged, do your do life on your own type yeah. of individual, and um, and so there's there's a lot of you know effort that we take you know as young young kids and and then young adults to to sort of be what we think is the ideal version of a man, uh, and. Yeah. And obviously it doesn't work yeah <laughs> so um but yeah so i don't know yeah. if there's a uh, uh, that's a really great existential question so yeah. later yes that's a good <laughs> that's a good one yeah um all right 30 i mean i feel like we could riff off of like this theme for a long time that's really interesting to hear you talk about this um mm -hmm. uh, 33 question if you were to land on a desert island mm -hmm. would you be the one hunting for food or the one building the hut I probably would be building the hut, I think, because I, uh, I've I've got some skills in that area, and I and I've never been a hunter, so, um, but I could go fishing, so that oh. was a thought that I had, like like, fishing, would be a good way to, you know, but 
I think I'd probably try to build the hut. That's probably yeah. the first thing because we need shelter first. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. For, part no, of, part of the Maslow pyramid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, were you a scout? Nope. No, never. No. We, yeah. Actually, in my church, we had some version of it. Oh. Like, you know, like we did, like we got patches and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, uh, but it was, it wasn't as, as like sort of like full on. I didn't start as a Cub Scout and whatever or anything yeah. like that. So, yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's cool. The patches are cool. When you get them, you're like, oh, I got a new badge. And then you kind of learn to sew it. Holy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. yeah. Um. All right, and last rapid fire question for you. Um, yeah. What was your first job? My first job was a paper route. I had a paper route um, that I had to get up. I, I I lived in Milwaukee area when I was a kid, and uh, the Milwaukee Sentinel was the morning paper. And I had to get up at like four in the morning and deliver to about a hundred houses in my neighborhood. The Milwaukee Sentinel from the age of like 14 to the age of 16 till I, till I got my like Wendy's job yeah. later. Um, the, the paper route was, and that's how I bought my first bike actually uh, was with my paper route money. So Whoa, yeah. that's so cool. And were you driving the bike just like in movies or just like throwing the newspaper or you had to go every door you had to go to every door, and so I would ride my bike. But basically, it's just getting up and up, you know, off off the bike, you know, going to the door, putting the paper in, coming back. If I could, some some of my clients would uh, would be like, "You can just throw it on the lawn," and that yeah. was great because you'd just be like, Doosh. but yeah. almost everybody wanted it between the door. They didn't want to have to go out and get it themselves. Yeah. Know? So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good customer service. Good customer service. Yeah. yeah, I learned good customer service really early on, you know, and that's actually why it's so frustrating in Europe, especially as a part time in Europe, like customer service here just sucks the big one, you know, so. Oh, yeah. oh, Ken, uh, the, <laughs> it's a different standard. And also, yeah, sure. it's, it's, I think that what's my experience as a North American living in Europe and even in different mm -hmm. parts of the world is the expectation of good customer service, yeah, which is absolutely. screwing my whole experience uh, yeah, because totally. I'm used to good customer service. And also, I mean, also like, for example, uh, when you're talking about, you know, going to the restaurants, you're also used to tipping, which right now, when I go back yeah. to Canada, I find it's so ridiculous. Like people tip for anything now, but it's kind of part of this where here it's not mm -hmm. so much. So there's also that type of incentive um yeah which which is a great segue into our topic of motivation today the incentives totally <laughs> connecting the dots good job uh, good job yeah so well this being said let's let's move to our first question shall we mm -hmm. so question number one is i feel my people are not motivated how can mm -hmm. i motivate them mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i don't think you can like that's that's my that's my straight unpopular answer uh i just don't think you can motivate people uh mm -hmm. i think i think there's a lot of people ask this question and um and i and i, I like to say you can't um because you can do something like give them more money right and some people think that money is gonna motivate them but it's uh it's it's a it's a one and done motivation 
once they actually get the money, the motivation's gone, right? It's like, you know, you know, in, in, in sports world, they talk about the sophomore curse or whatever, you know, like basically after you get the, the year after the contract year, you know, like they basically that, that person just sucks. Right. Like, um, and, and who knows if that's actually statistically true. I don't, I've never looked into it, but, um, go ahead. Well, no, I think that it is, it is proven that extrinsic motivation is good Mm -hmm. in the short, works in the short term, doesn't work in the long term because we get used to it very quickly. You know, we always want more money. If it's Mm -hmm. just like, okay, now I got this money. Now what, I want more, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it is It is proven. And also it's proven that it works well for mechanical tasks, right? Like having a specific uh, reward, like the, the carrot and the stick, like it works well yeah. when it is for mechanical, when there's a clear objective, clear set of rules and you do that. But in yeah. most jobs today, it's not so straightforward. Yeah. So that's right. why it doesn't, it doesn't work as well. Um, right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and... And I think there's a, um, a pleasure and pain thing. And I don't know if you've heard, I think it's Tony Robbins who talks about pleasure and pain. He's just like that, that those are the only two motivators actually is mm. pleasure and pain. Yeah. And, and pain is 10 times more motivating than pleasure. Uh, you know, it, and, and so if you really want to motivate your people, you know, um, uh, uh, which I'm going against my own argument here, but if you really want to motivate your own people, then, you know, um, you know, get them present to the to the pain that they might experience if they don't do the thing, which yeah. sounds kind of, you know, uh, rude, maybe. But uh, but the idea is, um, you know, like, I mean, I've got, I've got some uh, teenage stepkids, basically a 12 year old and a 15 year old here. And uh, it, sometimes I got to get them to do tasks, right? You know, take out the garbage, do this thing or whatever. Um, and you know, I don't know what the right thing to do parenting wise is like, honestly, I don't know. But, uh, but sometimes I find myself going, okay, there's apple pie, you know, uh, you know, I made apple pie the other day. And, and I was like, hey, you guys, if you guys help me with these boxes, recycling, you know, there's apple pie. And yeah. one of the kids, the 15 year old is like, I don't want to do the boxes. I'm like, okay, no pie. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, like, this is so interesting because at the end of the day, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And again, you, you know, that goes back to the to the mechanical thing, but went to the mechanical uh, skills because, you know, I do this and I get this. It's very clear, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's a choice. I think that one of the mm-hmm. misconceptions with motivation is that we're motivated. Motivation is there or is not there. But the truth yeah, is yeah. that we're motivated 100% of the time. The brain is motivated 100% of the time because motivation is a comparison between outcomes. So if I have two choices, I can take out the trash or Mm -hmm. I can not take out the trash. Now the short-term outcome for both of those options is if I take out the trash, I get the apple pie. And Mm -hmm. if I don't take out the trash, well, I just get to continue play video games, right? Mm -hmm. Now the longer term outcome of that is if I get the apple pie, then also I may, I don't know, develop a good relationship Mm -hmm. with my stepfather or so on, you know, (laughs) or if I don't, if I, and, and, and the outcome of not taking it, well, maybe it's, I develop independence or I create Mm -hmm. tension in the house, who knows? Right. So, Mm -hmm. so these are the outcomes. So which one do we focus on and which one do we want? And Mm -hmm. in that case, well, you know, your stepson wanted the apple pie. So that was a no brainer. Right. So it was like, Mm -hmm. 
do I prefer the apple pie or staying on the couch? Well, okay, actually, mm -hmm. I'm going to go for the apple pie, right? And mm -hmm. it's interesting to look at it like this because if the motivation for staying on the couch was stronger, then he would have been motivated, but just to do something different. Totally. Align with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I love I love this idea that motivation is always there. And I think what I hear you saying too is motivation's inside. It's not this external thing. It's it's what it's what the individual, it's what my it's what Cuba in this case, what he was uh thinking, you know, as he went through that process of of choosing. Uh and and so the the question that when uh when so one of my leaders that I'm working with asked the question, you know, I, I want to motivate my people more. They don't just want to motivate their people more. A better, a truer version of the question would be, how do I motivate my people to want what I want or want what I want for them? You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Or how can I, how can I leverage their intrinsic motivation? Right. How can I? And, and so it goes to, it, it goes to the first thing I, 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 I do in those cases is like, well, what do they want? What did, mm -hmm. what, what motivates them? And oftentimes people mm -hmm. don't even know that themselves. Right. So having that type mm -hmm. of conversation and depending on the, on the resources available, I think that a go-to exercise that I like to, uh, uh, to suggest is a simple value exercise of, you know, what mm -hmm. matters to you, what matters to you at work, what motivates you at work. Yep. Right. So that yep. to have those conversations, because it can be very revealing for the manager so that you know how to address what people want and then connect the mm -hmm. dots. And also for the reports, because not everybody reflects on their values and what actually motivates them. Right. Right. And just to get them to think about it, too. I think there's a there's a cool activity that some of my clients do around motivation and they they, they got all these like just words and and as a group, you know, with your team, just look at the words, discover, you know, what motivates you. And what's interesting, one of the things I think that's interesting is everybody lies. Um, like Because uh, they're in the group context? Uh, yeah, well, just in the group or to their boss, like everyone lies. Like that's- I love that. Like, I lie, you lie. I'm not even like, I'm, I'm not judging it as bad. It's just like, just, it's good to understand that, you know, yeah. When people are in this motivate, hey, what motivates you conversation, yeah. they're going to say things that aren't, maybe aren't actually the things that motivate them, right? Yeah. You know, that they, they, I think personally that people are mostly motivated by looking good and not looking bad, right? That's mm. like, that's like this deep internal thing that's inside all of us is we want to look good and not look bad. And, uh, and so, so in the, in that space, like, you know, you're talking about motivation. It's like, well, they may find it risky to say, well, more money is something that motivates me, but that's like sort of obvious. Um, but, you know, they may have a value on, I don't know, vulnerability in the workplace or uh, something like that. But in that setting, they may not share that um, or they may not share, you know, friendship. That's a really good, that's actually one that I think is very common is yeah. people who have close friends at work tend to be way more engaged right yeah but it's very interesting when i share that with leaders they tend to not want to talk about it right i don't know if it makes them seem weak or whatever it's like you know but but the reality is is if you could encourage your people to have deeper friendships at work they're probably going to show up more engaged at work um so it's interesting yeah, I had I had a, a I worked with a manager that encouraged the team. I she had a challenge 
of like mm-hmm. having coffee with each other because everybody was working mm-hmm. remote and she had a challenge mm-hmm. of um of having people connect over coffee just for fun when they were mm-hmm. in the same city to meet up or just to have zoom mm-hmm. coffees and she saw an amazing increase in happiness like people were telling mm-hmm. her like thank you so much like i got to learn that, to, to know mm-hmm. that person but oftentimes especially in remote environments um mm-hmm. or when the team is not necessarily um all working on the same projects and they're just like multifunctional, mm-hmm. then um, people don't necessarily think of doing that themselves because it's not project mm-hmm. related and so on. But that's so mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. for collaboration and also engagement and happiness and just together to create a culture where we're able to mm-hmm. talk and connect in a different way than just about project updates. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we're humans. We want to be with each other. Like e- even even the humans that say they don't want to be with each other, they want to be with at least you know one person. Sometimes you know it's yeah. uh, it's fascinating how uh, how that makes such a difference for us. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I love you know the the thing of that you said that people lie in those conversations. I think it's so interesting because I think that there's. The, the idea of having conversations so that is there any nuggets that you can take anyway from that yeah you know yep. um as for example you know you, you said friendship i think that also a big demotivator is low mm-hmm. recognition and low direction right not knowing mm-hmm. like lack of vision what are you what am i working towards what is this mm-hmm. ending up with like so um yep. so some people may talk about you know i'm motivated with clear direction or feedback mm-hmm. How many yep. times do I hear that, oh, I had this conversation and I'm actually learning that that person really wants more direct feedback and that manager was really afraid yeah. of having feedback conversation because, you know, maybe they were afraid of hurting feelings or so on or were uncomfortable yep. with that. And then when they actually have an open conversation, they realize that this is actually really wanted from, yep. from the reports and that's part of their of their motivators. Um, mm-hmm. and, and also then, so there's, understanding that yes some of the things may be to look good you may take some nuggets out of what motivates your people so that you can leverage that and then also there's the the observation you know what people do instead of what people say uh that is really um interesting work for leaders to do um and and it is work like it is something that you need to focus on and to think to to think about Right. You know, so it's, it's like, it's not like you're even motivating them, but the, but just the activity of having the conversation creates motivation. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and, um, and even if they lie, right. Like you say, you know what, I'll, I would be motivated that I'll never be motivated until you guys pay me more money, blah, 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 whatever, you know? And so they're, they're having this conversation and it all, it all stems around motivation. Then as a leader, you actually have a way in with the conversations about what can we do? What, where are we going? You have, can have a conversation about, about development. You can say, okay, you said that um, a, a, a big raise, a 10% raise or a promotion is the only thing that's going to motivate you. Okay, so what do we need to do so that you um, uh, uh, get that promotion, that we can put you in front of that, uh, that, that committee to, to be promoted? Okay, here are the five things. And, and whether it's the truest thing or not, it still creates an agreement between you and that employee about how to develop. And I think that's really the key um, leadership thing is, is, is really having those conversations. And so, 
you know, to answer the question of, I feel my people are not motivated. How can I motivate them? You may not be the person motivating them, but you creating the conversations and stop and starting those things. I think that makes a difference, uh, a big difference. So. I love that so much. It's teamwork. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. teamwork. You facilitate these conversations and you create the channels so yep. people are able to, you're able to talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, and you can also um, connect the dots, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, identify delegation opportunities for the development or what mm -hmm. they want to develop and so on, right? You can connect mm -hmm. the dots, but at the end of the day, it's teamwork. It's not you just manipulating mm -hmm. their mind. It's really mm -hmm. about the teamwork and like, how can we do that together? Which mm -hmm. uh, also creates belonging. So yeah, yeah, win-win. Yeah, there's, there's an interesting, uh, Ken Blanchard Companies has this program, this product called the Situational Leadership. They don't call it that anymore. They call it SL2, mm -hmm. but it's, it basically stands for Situational Leadership. And, um, and they, they say leadership is, something, is not something that you do to people. It's something that you do with people. Uh, and, and I really love that as a, um, as a quote uh, just in general. When you're thinking about how, how to be a better leader, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's about uh, being with people, not, Absolutely. not doing something to people. Right. Absolutely. So it's just a different perspective. Yeah. I love that quote. That's great. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Which I would love to direct us to our second question, mm -hmm. which is a different take on the same, mm -hmm. um, on the same topic, but that also comes up a lot, which is mm -hmm. I'm not motivated at work mm -hmm. or I'm not motivated to do the things that will lead me toward my goals. Mm -hmm. what can I do? Yeah. And, and I think what you said before is exactly the thing that I do the most often when I have this question come up with leaders is we talk about their values, really, you know, create that understanding that, you know, and here's my belief. My belief is that, um, that if you want to have a fulfilling life, you need to be living your values. It's as simple as that. And so you discover your values. And, and again, we, we talk about that, like you're going to find them exactly, right? But you're just going to, you may not find them exactly, but you're going to explore and spend time, yeah. you know, discovering that, you know, authenticity and joy are big values for you, right? Yeah. And and it's almost like it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a circle too. It's not just, uh, um, you know, it's not just a truth, right? It's like, oh, authenticity. I see that when 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 things are more authentic, I'm I'm motivated and I'm fulfilled, right? Yeah. And when when there's joy and fun present, I'm more fulfilled. Okay. So how can you bring your values more into your current work, right? And and I think my personal story is that that I was pretty motivated in my career as a as a corporate leader, um, and I realized that there was a a, a place that um, that I could be more motivated, more fulfilled in my life if I wasn't, you know, sort of in this, some of my values like authenticity were really being rubbed up against, you know, sort of the corporate politics or whatever. And that that was never going to change. I was never going to not be corporate politics mm -hmm. as a corporate leader. Uh, and so, um, so I had a choice to make. Do I want to continue to, you know, climb this ladder in the corporate space or uh, do I want to step out of uh, the corporate space and try my own thing? Um, and, and I can say since, uh, what is it, 2009, <laughs> when I fully stepped out of the corporate space, um, 
I've never not been motivated by my work because it's my work, number one. Yeah. And number two, I'm doing what I love. I'm doing this like the very, very, it fits all my values, right? And, but our leaders, the people that we're talking to and coaching with, they don't necessarily have this option to just go start their own business or, or whatever. And so getting clear about their values um, can, I think, um, create that at least show them the places where their values are being stepped on right now. And there's something for them to do about that. Yeah. Um, and there may be, there, there may be, you know, I had somebody recently who um, he, he ended up choosing to not be a leader anymore and go back and doing uh, uh, I, you know, what they call it IC work, individual contributor work um, because that's when he was the most fulfilled and motivated. And as a, as a boss, he just wasn't. And he got that his values um, weren't weren't going to use that wasn't going to change yeah. because he you know got better at those things. It just didn't fit him. And so he, yeah. changed, he went back and the dude's super excited now at work. So I love that story because mm. I've seen this. I've seen this of mm. when you start asking those questions. Like I've seen mm -hmm. VPs of very big companies say like, you know what? The more I think about this, the more I think that. Mm -hmm. I actually don't want to deal with people that much. Like, or mm -hmm. I don't want to manage people or I don't want to think about those things. I really want to be into the work. And that's what mm -hmm. really makes me fulfilled. And, and this is a, 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 this can be an identity shattering type of mm -hmm. reflection for a lot of people because it can Absolutely. just shatter what their conception of success is and where they should be mm -hmm. and where they should be in life. Here comes a should. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it, but when we realize that maybe we have frustration or, or excessive mm -hmm. stress and, and so on, and, and we start we start the reflection on this and we mm -hmm. start acceptance also around this and accepting it, you know, self, you know, self-love mm -hmm. and, and self-acceptance and so on and saying like, mm -hmm. well, how do I want to live my life? Um, mm -hmm. it's not an easy one. And it is, as you said, it's not about getting it right. Like, okay, in 60 mm -hmm. minutes, let's have this. Mm -hmm. It's not really so much about that. It's about starting that reflection so that you're yep. really going to the core of how you want to live your life. And what are the trade-offs of the choices that you're making? Yeah. I just think it takes so much courage to even step onto that journey. Yeah. Uh, so I just have so much, you know, I mean, love and compassion for, um, and, you know, just inspired by people who do step onto that path of they're really looking at themselves mm -hmm. because I think you're so right that it can be identity shattering. Um, I mean, I have a personal belief that we all should get our identity shattered, you know, here and there, um, you know, for for the sake of our best lives, for the sake of, yeah. um, of the, the, you know, the, the, you know, the best version of ourselves that we can discover because our identities got created in um in our childhood based on some really you know maybe good and some bad things whatever but but uh but we don't have to actually carry all of that you know into our you know old age we can actually um sort of peel the onion of ourselves over the course of our life um and you know and maybe that's the answer for you know i'm not i'm not motivated at work what mm -hmm. can i do about it you know, and I think that's one, that's one thing that a, a coach really brings to the conversation is just yeah. be like, they can just be with them and say, oh, you're actually okay. That's actually a normal thing that you're going through. Yes. <laughs> you know? um, I love so. that. 
And something that I like to do as well is when we identify, start identifying values, I like to, and a, a quick exercise I like to ask my clients to do is to daily find one win a day that aligns with those values. Because mm. oftentimes we look at, you know, the grass is always greener and so on. But mm -hmm. sometimes those values are, are present or the opportunity to live by those values are present, but mm -hmm. we don't notice them. So when we mm -hmm. start identifying, like, so one of my values is creativity. So here I had the opportunity to speak mm -hmm. up and to be creative or to include creativity mm -hmm. or authenticity. I had an opportunity to have a conversation that added more authenticity, you know? Mm -hmm. So when we start for, because where the focus goes, energy flows, right? So when mm -hmm. we start looking at what's already there and what wins can I counter opportunities, can I find to live mm -hmm. by my values then we start noticing more of this and there's more opportunities and then we can act on those opportunities. And then even sometimes, because sometimes, as you said, it is about completely changing our circumstances. Sometimes it's not because with the choice, yep. the choice that we're making in terms of career is still the ones that we're choosing, but we can yep. change how we experience it by yep. directing our focus on the opportunities to live by our values. And I find that this is a, this is an exercise that is super simple, uh, but when doing yep done consistently daily even if it's one win um we just find opportunities all of a sudden yeah yeah i it reminds me of uh of i had a coach who who we were talking about my values my value one of my values was being outside like just enjoying nature right experiencing mm. nature and just like it, it fills me up in a way that many things don't uh and and so um i was living in chicago and it was like, I think what I was talking to him, like in beginning of January, okay, like basically the worst flipping time to live in Chicago, <laughs> right? And it's like, honestly, um, minus 20 degrees at times, you know, and that's Fahrenheit, you know, and, um, and that might be about that same minus 20, might be uh, minus 20 centigrade too, but just, and, but, and so I'm like, being outside is my value. <laughs> and I, but I live in Chicago, what am I doing here? And he's like, okay, Ken, here's a challenge. 30 minutes every day spend outside period. Like non-negotiable. You, you, you said non-negotiable, do it for the next month and see what shows up for you. And I totally took his challenge and I did it. And it was, and honestly, some of it sucks, right? It sucks to have your face hurt when you're outside, you know, but. Can I relate to that? Oh boy. Yeah. I had this really cool day. I remember I was walking along the lake lakefront and there was like piles of snowbanks that I was like trying to trudge through. And, and it's like that. I so remember, even in this moment, I so remember how amazing that day was, even though it was cold and it took me longer than I expected, but I just remember, and it so filled me up to just be outside on that day. And also number two was to sort of take that coaching as well and do the accomplishment of doing what I said I was going to do, which I yeah. think is part of, of that motivation key as well. Sometimes, you know, if you're not, if you're not motivated, sometimes it's, we don't, this is a whole different conversation, but we don't honor our own word or we don't believe our own word. Right. And so having a conversation about our own word with ourselves, um, we can make progress with our life when we spend time, uh, so with little wins, like making the bed every day, you probably have heard of this, like yeah. just every day, making the bed, telling yourself, I'm going to make the bed every day and then doing it actually grows our trust in our own word to ourselves. 
right? Yeah. We make promises to ourselves and, and a lot of us break them all constantly. Um, so, yeah. yeah. That's 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 huge in building trust with yourself. What I'm hearing mm -hmm. what you're saying as well is the delayed gratification of choosing mm -hmm. the short, the instant gratification versus delayed gratification. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want, like if I have the choice to go outside or stay inside. Now, if I go mm -hmm. outside, short term is gonna hurt, right? Mm -hmm. But delayed gratification is that I may, you know, feel a lot better in my body mm -hmm. or, and also I keep that word to myself. And then mm -hmm. on the, the flip side is uh, I may be comfortable in the instant, right? Like mm -hmm. meaning that, you know, I'm staying warm and so on. Uh, however, a little bit longer term, medium term and longer term is that I'm going to have mm -hmm. this in the back of my mind that I know that actually I, I, I do want to go outside and I'm going to let mm -hmm. myself down or I know that you know, I don't know, my, my energy will be different or my digestion will be mm -hmm. different if I don't move and so <laughs> on. And so what do you choose? And what do you focus mm -hmm. on? If you only focus on the pain of the face, <laughs> because mm -hmm. I can just so relate of <laughs> being outside minus 20 and it hurts. Um, uh, but <laughs> if you only focus on that, of course your brain is like, uh-uh, I'm staying in. Uh -huh. But if you focus right. on the delay gratification or the medium to longer term a perk mm -hmm. of that of like i know i'm gonna feel so good or i know that i really want to i'm really motivated to stick mm -hmm. to what i i promised myself then that's where the brain will focus on and then it's going to become easier to be motivated especially as we make that choice and that intentional focus in it repeatedly yeah uh, i think that's so true and i have one more thought which is, is yeah. sort of like the 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 using the pain yeah. piece too as a motivator for yourself and this is this is actually a, a tony robbins thing too uh, they call it the dickens method have you ever heard of this do you know what i'm talking about no um the dickens dickens charles dickens he wrote the christmas story and the christmas story is a is a famous you know uh um story of ebenezer scrooge okay and and uh and they have the 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 ghost of christmas past the ghost of christmas present and the ghost of christmas future come to visit Ebenezer, um, basically showing Ebenezer his life, like how is he behaving, and and then the ghost of Christmas future is, this is this is if you just keep doing what you're doing, this is what's going to happen in your life, and so using that sort of model in our own lives to like, you know, okay, this is what's happened, this is the pain that you've experienced by doing things the way you've been doing them in your past, like you know. Uh, maybe a good example would be for like, and just using me as an example is, um, is working out, right? I used to never work out. Um, and I never, you know, kept myself healthy. I would just, I, I would go do fun things sometimes, but like never had a consistent workout program. And I could see the impact on my past, right? Like, you know, get weight gain and living a little bit unhealthy, blah, blah, blah. My present, same, same sort of thing. But then if I just put pace that into the future, it's like, okay, I won't have a life with my grandchildren. I mean, there's some real pain to get uh, present to when you realize that if you just keep living this way, you're going to die of a heart attack at the age of 60, you know, and, and that's, that's not good news in any way, shape or form, but to actually get present to your future, get present to what would be happening, get present to the pain that things will be if you don't do something different, that can be mightily motivating yeah that, that that's eventually what you know i had me sign up and and do the um uh, do the thing where now i i'd consistently work out uh, yeah. every day so 
Um, yeah. yeah. Is, it, is that motivation for change? Right. Yeah, yeah. Is that like, I'm going to do, you said something like you said, do something differently. That motivation to, if yeah. I continue down that path, here's where I'm going. So no, mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. What is the, how, what is the motivation to make the change? I love that. Um, You know that yeah. we could talk about this all day, apparently, because time is going. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so interesting to speak with you. But before we um end our conversation today, I want to play with you. Okay, let's play. Let's, let's play. Let's play. Uh, so this game yep. is called Existential Questions. And yeah. So here's what we're going to do. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. I love that. All right. Yeah. So here's what's going to happen, Ken. I'm putting some existential questions in the, in the chat. Now, you don't have mm -hmm. to use these. Okay. It's just like in case, you know, you can get inspired mm -hmm. from them. Um, and I'm also putting a list of random words. You also don't have to use these. It's just as inspiration. Um, and we are going to ask ourselves existential questions. And we're going to have mm -hmm. 60 seconds to answer those questions um, okay. with two random words. So, for example, I'm going to ask you a question like, what is love? I want you to include mm -hmm. microphone and building. Right. And then you're going to have to craft an answer in 60 seconds using those two words. Obviously, this is for fun. This is for entertainment. Yeah. Uh, so let's just see where our brains lead us. Um, I have okay. a timer here and I'm going to time it and uh, you're going to start. Mm -hmm. Are you good with that? I'm going to yeah. ask you a question first. Cool. Yeah. Um, Ken, um, what <laughs> really happened to Elvis? which is an existential question. I want mm -hmm. sugar and river. Go. Uh, well, Elvis was eating way too much sugar. You could see, you know, how, how fat he was getting, right? And he just went down that, that river of life of eating too much sugar. And, uh, and then he just, he just had so much pleasure uh in that in that space so um so he he decided that well sugar's a drug i'm gonna take these other drugs too um and he decided to just go for it and you know sad sad news for all of us is uh he he, he, he let it all go so and i actually went to memphis this past year and 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 uh um, and we, 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 we saw his, uh, we saw the Graceland from the outside. Um, and, uh, and so, and so, um, he's there. So if you want to know what happened to him, he's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Here's the time's up. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, I heard also there's some, you know, it's right next to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in Memphis. No, no I'm kidding. Um, all right. That's great. Funny. Uh, <laughs> Your turn. You. Okay, I got one for you. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. What is a soulmate? And mm -hmm. your words are train and butter. Mm. All right. So, what is a soulmate? Um, I like to think of life like a train. You know, you're going in a direction, but there are different seats. And in a train, nobody's sitting alone, right? You always mm -hmm. have that perfect partner that when you have a conversation, it just feels like butter, it's just smooth. Mm. You know, you have aligned values, uh, things flow. Um, so mm -hmm. that soulmate is that person that feels warm, warm and smooth 
just like a toast mm -hmm. with melting butter. Mm. And scene. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, how big is the universe, Ken? Um, I want digital and bird. Well, how big is the universe? I mean, I have no flipping idea how big the universe is. Um, and, and, but I imagine, you know, this is what is this? Is that in the digital age, we talk about ones and zeros, right? Uh, as, you know, like the yes and the no, the yes and the no. Uh, and, um, and, and if you think about the, I just love the words that you chose, digital and, um, bird because a bird is, is this organic creature um, so it's just the opposite really of that digital one and zero and so if you think about how big the universe is it has to encompass all of that right it encompasses all the organic and all the digital um, and um, that's truly how big the universe is it's Time's up. big enough for all of it whoa my mind is blown here. All right, last one for me. <laughs> last one for you. All right, so I mean, I think I think we gotta go with what's the meaning of life. Okay. Um, with um, uh, you know, gravy and slipper. Uh, gravy and slipper. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. Um, what's the meaning of life? Uh, life is an adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just reminds me of, uh, the first time I attended a Thanksgiving feast, uh, where I was mm. told to make gravy. I didn't really know how to do that. <laughs> um, but I always remember, uh, the words of my mentor who said, um, you know what? <laughs> You want to make life as comfortable as your slippers. Uh, so take, <laughs> take the gravy that is in the packet, do that, and you're going to enjoy your, um, yeah. your Thanksgiving. And that's what I did. And the meaning of life, br bringing all of that in, is that just make it fun. What? Yep. All right. <laughs> drink, 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 drink the gravy drink from the gravy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, we have time for a second one. Are you in? Okay. Yeah. Let's do okay. It. Cool. Yeah. Um, finish the proverb with a rhyme. We're gonna create proverbs together. I know you're a poet, so I think this is perfect for you. Um, one of I'm us is gonna start. Poet, though, I just want you to know that. Was that? I'm a non-rhyming poet. So, but non-rhyming cool. poets. Well, that's gonna be a challenge. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, one of us is gonna start a proverb make it up yeah. like short um and before mm -hmm. start before saying the first part um mm -hmm. the person you know who starts say. will say you know what they say and say you the first part say. the other person will finish the proverb in a way that rhymes um mm -hmm. and then both of us will grab our chin and accept whatever is being said as wisdom mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. Absolutely. yeah yeah yep. um all right uh so here you know what they say that where your footsteps is where your life is kept. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's profound. That's profound. 
You know what they say. Death comes to. When you say to the loo. Yes. <laughs> you know what they say. The further you walk. Mm, the more you got to talk. Mm -hmm. Indeed, indeed. I heard, I read that in books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. You know what they say? If you drink a lot of water. You're going to see it in the litter. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yes. Hi, you know that one, eh? Yeah. I was like, what rhymes with water? <laughs> uh, well, on that good laugh, uh, I want to know, Ken, people are listening to this. And I'm like, oh, my God, that Ken is awesome. Where can I learn more about how can I work with him? Where can people find you? Um, AuthenticDevelopment.com. Uh, so my company name is Authentic Development. Um, that's just a, a quick, I just have a one page landing page there. If you want to get a hold of me uh, there, there's some contact information. Um, LinkedIn is also a good place. If you say LinkedIn, my slash authentic development. Um, and uh, um, that's a good place to get a hold of me too. So yes. I'd love yes. To, to chat. Say hi. Yes. And uh, I'm going to post these links also in the description of the podcast for easy access. Um, easy access. Yes. Thank you so mm -hmm. much for uh, coming along and, and for this conversation we had today, Ken. I had a lot of fun. Absolutely, Jen. My pleasure. Mi placer. Yeah, mi placer. Sí, la, eh, sí, tenemos que hacerlo en español ya. Tenemos que ya la próxima sí, vez será en español. Sí, sí, segunda tan. Thank you for listening to the Mint Green Ukulele podcast. Now, what is your question around reducing stress, increasing productivity, or leading effectively without sacrificing joy in your life? Well, you can submit your question anonymously for me and my guests to tackle them, and you can do so at mintgreen.show. This just in. Oh. Opposite day starts in three, two, oh, one. Oh, not okay. Um, all right, so don't subscribe. Uh, don't subscribe, don't follow, don't like, uh, don't eat your veggies, don't call your mom. Those things are just bad for you. And don't you even think about following or connecting on LinkedIn. Uh, it's not like I post comedy videos that people are raving about. Uh, no thanks. All right, so no thank you and bye.